Hey, I'm Brandon Knight, and this is My Seminary Life, Episode 3, where we'll be continuing our conversation about spiritual formation as we talk about experiencing God and being led by Him in prayer. Welcome back, everyone. Each week, I sit down to reflect over the content from that week in my seminary class and give you some of my thoughts on it. Uh, Past couple weeks, we've been talking about spiritual formation, how uh, the Christian life, our relationship with God is more than just a moral formation. It's more than just learning how to be a good person. And it's not a relationship with God where if we do certain things, God will automatically always do certain things in response. That the Christian life, that spiritual formation is abiding in the vine of Jesus Christ. And that in life, though we can still pray for blessings, we could still pray for the health of our loved ones, we can still pray for safe travel. Ultimately, our joy is not found in the getting, but in the one who is giving. We are to desire the blesser more than the blessing. And like I said, this week we're going to continue our conversation speaking specifically on prayer. I'm going to say that one thing that every preacher has said at least once, Jesus didn't teach his disciples how to preach. He taught them to pray. Actually, he even gave them more information on fasting than he did on how to preach. In Matthew chapter 6, which is right smack dab in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus starts talking about prayer and also fasting. And this is where I want to camp out for a little bit because prayer is such an interesting concept. It is us talking to God. It is a powerful weapon that we as believers have. It's a powerful relationship tool that we have to build our relationship with God and also to move mountains. But the thing is, we are so, some of us, a lot of us, I think, in Christianity are so dumbfounded by how prayer works and how we should go about praying. You know, if you ask somebody, how's your spiritual life right now? How's your relationship with God? They're not, most likely, I've never heard anyone say, well, you know, I just feel really distant at church right now. I just don't feel as connected at church. Or I've never heard anyone say, well, you know, my fasting game is kind of down right now. I've been, I haven't fasted as much as I normally like to. If you ask someone, How's your spiritual life? You know, how, how's your relationship with God going right now? It's always going to come back to scripture and prayer. Oh, you know, I feel so close to God and scripture right now. And, oh, I've just been eating it up so much. But, man, my prayer time, it is dry. Can only really concentrate to pray for a couple moments, a couple seconds maybe. Or is it flip-flop? Oh, I'm praying on my knees for hours on end, but the, the word of God is as dry as the desert. This is usually where we land, and we're going to talk more about the word of God here in a couple weeks. Today, we're focusing again on prayer specifically. 
prayer again, it's just so there's something about prayer that we, for a lot of us as Christians, we seem to feel the need to want to learn more about how to do it the best way possible, how to get closer to God, how to have an effective prayer ministry. There's so many books and sermon series and curriculums all on prayer. I actually had to take a class in my undergrad on prayer. I, uh, I'm drinking out of my Grace College mug actually right now. Yeah, I had to take a class on prayer when I was in my undergrad studies. It was a very popular class for people to take. Um, <clears throat> whether, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, it was very whether you actually were in the program, the ministries program or not. The, this was a very popular popular class for people to take as an elective, which made all of us who had to take it and wanted to take it a little frustrated that there were all these other people who had more credits getting into the class before us and making us wait longer to take this really great class. Yeah, prayer. Prayer class. It was a good class. I have several books from this class still. Uh, I think Really, my bookshelf is mostly books on prayer. Um, I've got a binder from the class that was just full of articles, surveys, uh, prayer examples that sometimes I use when I'm prepping sermons. It was a very, cl- it was a very good class, and people love to take it because everybody wants to learn how to pray more effectively. And also, the prof for the class was a very kind old man. But there were some. There's always exceptions, right? There were some. I remember telling one of my friends when I did finally get into this class to take it, he was like, why do you have to take that? There's no right or wrong way to pray. You just do it. Because there are those people out there, you know. There are, you know, there's some of, there's those of us like me who sometimes your prayer life just seems really shallow, really dry. And then there's other people who are like, I mean, it's, you just do it. You just talk to God. Or there's that, those, guy, those people you know who, you know, they can pray these really long scripture-filled prayers and you're like, well, I can barely get through, you know, the, the example that Jesus left for his disciples of hallowed be your name and give us this day our daily bread. I can barely get through that thing. And this guy's been going for 20 minutes. Or there are those people who have such a close, intimate relationship with God that they can use phrases like, hey, dad, and daddy God when they pray. And yes, those are actual terms that actual people do pray if you've never heard that before. And that's kind of, but going back to what my friend said, that's kind of the age old question. Is there a right way to pray? Is there a wrong way to pray? Because I think that kind of gets at the heart of a lot of what, you know, we as believers, as we struggle with prayer, I think that's where we kind of get in our head a little bit. And maybe those of us who are struggling in our prayer life, we make it, maybe we make it too co- more complicated than it needs to be. Maybe we just need to just talk to God, just have a conversation with him. I do think, biblically speaking, that there is a right way and there is a wrong way to pray because Jesus does bring up an example of the right and wrong way to pray. Well, specifically the wrong way. <clears throat> Again, I mentioned earlier in Matthew chapter six about the middle of the sermon on the Mount, 
Jesus starts talking about prayer. And what he tells the, the people listening to him preach is to not do two things. If there was ever a wrong thing to do, it's to pray like a Pharisee or like a pagan. Now, I want to start with the pagan because he, he actually looks more like our conversation from last week. Because what Jesus says is that the pagans, they would basically just heap up these empty phrases over and over and over again, these basically incantations to try and manipulate the gods to do something for them. That was their form of prayer. And Jesus tells us not to pray that way. Don't just lift up empty phrases to God, which means one, you should probably be mentally engaged when you're praying. Just don't ramble off on X, Y, Z. I think you should be engaged when you're praying, but also we shouldn't be in a prayer situation with God where we're just trying to manipulate him to do something. Remember our conversation from last week. If you didn't catch last week, we talked about uh, Dr. Larry Crabb's book, The Pressure's Off. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. But in the in that book, he talks a lot about how A leads to B is this mentality that many Christians have. If I do this, God will absolutely respond this way. So if I lift up a bunch of empty phrases over and over and over again, God will have to respond the way that I want him to. So that's one of the wrong ways to pray. Don't just lift up empty phrases in an attempt to manipulate God. But then he also says to not pray like a Pharisee. And a Pharisee, prayer was all about them. Prayer was all about getting the attention on them. Hey, look at me. I'm Mr. Pharisee. I can pray great things. And I'm not like that tax collector guy over there. And I fast 48 hours a week. And, you know, da, 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 da. Like, that was what the Pharisees were known for. Their, their type of prayer life. And God, uh, Jesus warns against that type of prayer life. When your prayer life revolves more around how great you are and getting all the attention on you, rather than, you know, having a conversation with God, then you are missing the point of prayer. <clears throat> now, this is kind of where it starts to intercept with what we are talking about in my class. Because... These past, so for the first four weeks, we're on week three of this class. For the first four weeks of this class, one of our assignments is to do a prayer journal. And how these prayer journals have been working kind of at a high level is that each week there's a specific theme with some prompts, questions, scripture, whatever it may be. And we are to make space for about 30 minutes, really it's more like an hour once you add in the actual writing of the journal. We sit down, the quiet of the house, I've been trying to do it when Claire's still at work and I've been home for a little bit from my job. Uh, in the quiet, in the stillness, no music, no noise, I'll turn on our diffuser just to get a little bit of ambiance going. And we've... We wrestle with these questions, with these scripture verses, whatever it may be, reflect, meditate, but invite God into the conversation as well. 
And it's very open-ended. I would have to say that this is the most experiential homework assignment I've ever done. And by experiential, I mean dynamic. I've taken preaching classes. I've taken speech classes. So I've been in very, you know, actively experiential assignments before. I've done group projects. Like, I've, I've done these homework assignments that involve a lot of, like, doing things and presenting things to people. But this is a very living dynamic type of homework assignment. I don't I doubt that anybody is getting the same quote answers when we write our journal pieces for our professor to read over because each one of us is different and each one of us is having a different moment with God as we do this assignment. It's a very living and active type of assignment. It's very unique. It's very unique. And as we have these conversations with God, as we invite him into, hey, lead me, Holy Spirit, lead me through this time of, of prayer. Lead me through these questions. And we just kind of bebop around through these questions and scripture passage, passages. Eventually, God moves. And I don't want to make this sound like a guarantee, because that was also part of our conversation from last week, that if you do these things exactly the way that I did, God will respond. But I will tell you this, after having done this three times for the homework assignment, and then a couple times just on my own, in my own quiet time with God in the evenings, I have had experiential moments with him. I did not have an audible voice from heaven or a vision or anything like that, but I did have moments of clarity that I don't think would have happened if I did not have this time set aside to spend with him. Now, like I said, we've had three of these assignments so far. Next week is the fourth and final one. Uh, In the first week... In the first week, I'm getting my notes adjusted here. The entire time was spent meditating through John 15. I am the vine, you are the branches. And we were to meditate on the passage, go through it very, very slowly. There were some questions that we were given to reflect on, but a lot of the questions were more so revolving around what is God revealing to you in this passage? What is standing out the most to you in this time of prayer from this passage? And I actually talked about what stood out to me in episode one, talking about how, because I talked about verses four and five and how Jesus abides in us as we abide in him and that he no longer calls us servants, but friends. That's later on in the passage. Just the relational aspect that we oftentimes lose. And I think that's beneficial to remember as we are studying prayer that this is relational. In week two, which was just this past week, we dealt a lot with um, trauma. I'm trying to find my notes here. We dealt a lot with uh, looking at moments in our lives that were very negative, very hurtful moments in our life. 
reflecting on them and seeing how they shaped us into the person we are today and how God has been moving in those situations. So it was a lot less scripture based and more. Here's a series of questions. Take time, take however long you want. It's encouraged to do 30 minutes total, but take however long you want or however long the Holy Spirit leads you in each one of these questions to just sit through some of the harder times in life, some of the more painful moments in life. And I got to (laughs) say, it hurt. It hurt a lot to sit through this one. The first week, I felt very full, very energized, very ready to go out there and have a great relationship with God the Father and everyone else around me. Last week doing this, I walked away just emotionally drained. I went and took a shower, and it was a very long shower because I did not want to leave the comfort of the shower. (laughs) But... uh, But yeah, it was a difficult time of prayer, but it was good to see, you know, God showing me where these different situations in my life, how they have shaped me into who I am today, and also where he's been working and bringing about healing in my life through these times as well. And then this week, I thought we were setting up for another really hard week of prayer journals, because prior to doing the journal, we had to read the first three chapters of Dr. Harry Schomburg, I believe is the gentleman's name, Dr. Harry Schomburg's book, False Intimacy. Uh, We had to, like I said, we only had to read the first three chapters. I don't know if you've ever read this book before, but it is not pretty. It is so it deals a lot with uh, sexual sins, sexual addiction, all the different counseling, counseling related areas when it comes to sexual issues in life. And I was gearing up for some type of we're going to really sit in the weeds of heavy life stuff here again. But when I got to the actual prayer time, it was all about so there was two sections. There was for those of us who were single and for the people who were married. So obviously I did the married prayer track and it was all about my relationship with Claire. It was all about just emotional intimacy between you and your spouse and reflecting on different areas, talking to God about these different areas that, you know, Areas that you're doing well in, areas that you can improve in. And I'm reading this and I'm praying and the whole time I'm like, why did I have to read this other book? Like this other, I mean, I didn't read the whole book. We only had to read three chapters of it. But why did I have to read this? Like it was interesting information and I had some good conversation with people about the book at different points throughout the week. But why am I, why did I have to read this to then talk about how, You know, we've been married for two years and things are going pretty good considering the fact that we got married, which is a big adjustment, and then went through a pandemic, which is also a big adjustment. It's, yeah, so I don't know. But again, it was a good prayer time. Actually, I think it ended up being the, I got done and I didn't feel amazing. I didn't feel beaten down, but... Something did happen. Actually, twice during this past week, something did happen where I had 
a moment with God. So one of these times was when I was sitting in my quiet time by myself doing my devotions and I'm just kind of going along and I start praying and I'm, I'm trying to pray more of this way of like, okay, so either a passage of scripture or a sermon that I heard, or even just like maybe the emotions that I'm feeling in this time, what are you trying to say to me, God, in these situations? And I can't remember exactly. I think I was having a bit of depression that day and I was just kind of sitting in it and reflecting on it. What, you know, the different triggers that brought it about that I'm aware of and, you know, talking to God about my pain and how I want him. I would like to not feel this pain, but how I want him. And at some point during this, the word acceptance came to mind. It wasn't an audible word. It wasn't written on the wall. But it just kind of came to mind. Acceptance. And it just kind of kept running through my head over and over and over again. Acceptance. 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 And I I took it based off of, you know, what we had what I had been praying about and talking to God about. It wasn't so much accepting the fact that I have depression, but it was accepting affection from other people. I have a hard time, I have always had, accepting affection from other people because I never think it's genuine. I don't know why. I don't know why. I have some really awesome family and friends in my life. But there's been times where, you know, I'll get done preaching or doing, well, whatever. I have, I have a martial arts experience so, or a background. So, you know, getting a black belt or whatever, graduating from college, you know, big life stuff, getting married. And, you know, people are hugging on you and telling you how great you are and how great you did. And I totally brush it all away. I, can't, I don't know why. But this moment with God was interesting because it seemed like he was telling me, hey, you need to accept the affection others give to you. Because there are some people who are genuinely concerned for you and they are showing you affection. And there's no guarantee that I'll never have another day of depression if I do it that way. If I, you know, if I start accepting all of the affection from other people. But the idea of, well, maybe if I just open myself up to accepting affection from other people, maybe it could be less. Maybe it could be a little better. The other moment I had, which is very similar to this one, was when I was doing this week's prayer journal on my marriage relationship with Claire. Because as... I'm kind of sitting in the weeds. There was one question. It wasn't related to marriage, but it was related to how have you view, what was your view on sex in the various stages of your life? So, you know, childhood, young adult, teen, college age, present, you know, and you're just supposed to kind of like pray through your life story, essentially of how you have seen sex. And, when you do these types of prayers, I find that you kind of get off on rabbit trails as you let the Holy Spirit lead. And, you know, you might start here with one area and then you're like, you know, way out in left field by the time you get to the end. 
And as I'm going through this path and talking about my life or with God, eventually I get to this place where I, again, a word comes to mind, not on the wall, not audible, but to mind. And it just kind of keeps running through my head over and over and over again. And that word was insecure. And anyone who has known me for a very long period of time is like, well, at least you finally figured that one out, Brandon. Because I, I've, Again, kind of like the affection thing, I have have always been very insecure. I'm a very indecisive person because of it, and it has always baffled me. I've always been aware of the fact that I've, I'm insecure, but I, I don't know what to do with it. And I don't know why I am, because I look at my life, and not that I'm rich and famous, obviously, because there's only like six of you listening to this podcast each week right now which is fine. Appreciate y'all. Um, but I have black belts in three different martial arts. I graduated with a lot of awards from college in three years. I'm married. My comic book collection is better than yours. And I got inducted into a hall of fame. Like I've, I have had a fairly successful adult life from and well, my whole life, but especially within the past five years, I've had like a pretty successful life. And yet I'm still very, very insecure. And I don't know, this is something I'm still wrestling with God to try and, you know, sit through. But I don't think, I don't think that I would be wrestling with God with this now and with the accepting affection thing earlier, if it wasn't for the fact that I had these prayer times, I don't think it would have happened. I don't think I would be moving the ball down the field here if it wasn't for the fact that I had these prayer times with him. Now, next week, I took a peek. I took a peek. Next week, the uh, prayer journal is on casting a vision for your life. And it looks like it's a two-parter. Each one of these so far has been one afternoon for an hour, do the prayer, write the journal, turn it in. This one looks like it's going to be a little bit more of like a two-parter, like pray one day, take a break, pray another day. So we'll see how it goes, casting a vision for your life. It sounds intriguing to me because... I'm one of those people who enjoy writing down visions and goals and dreams. So, you know, this sounds very nerdy and very enjoyable for me. We'll see how it goes. So what do I, so what do I want to leave you all with? You know, I just gave you three weeks worth of prayer journal assignments and different, you know, different results from it. What do I want to leave you all with? So here's the thing. I don't want to say again that if you do these things exactly the way that I am doing it, you will have a moment with God. You absolutely will. I don't want to make it sound like a guaranteed promise because I I can't promise that. I can encourage you, though, to move in this direction. Find some reflecting questions. I'm sure somewhere out there there has to be a praying a praying a prayer journal with questions that you can sit through and reflect and pray to God to lead you through 
these questions in a prayer journal. I'm sure that exists somewhere. I would say the best thing you could do is use scripture and to sit there with the word of God, reading through a passage, reflecting on it, and then praying it back to God and seeing what comes up. I would also say you could sit in your emotions, you know, if you also have depression or anxiety or you're just having a bad day, sit in those emotions. If you're having a good day, sit in that emotion and ask and see what it was that God has been moving through in your life to get you to this place. Again, I would, I would highly recommend using scripture the most, but you could do those things too. And again, you could have an experience with God. I don't want to guarantee it, but I think we should be looking for these moments more. I think as we draw near to the Father, I think as we are abiding in the vine of Jesus Christ, we should have these close moments with Him where something comes up, an epiphany happens, and you can only contribute it back to God. But there's a big key factor underlying all of this. And it goes all the way back to our discussion we had at the beginning about the right and wrong way to pray. And it's this. The right way to pray. The right way to spiritual formation. The right way to Christianity. Is humility. That is the underlying key to all of this. We can't come to prayer and say, hey, look at me, I'm Mr. Pharisee, I'm great and wonderful. We can't come to fasting and say, oh, I'm so hungry. Oh, pay attention to me. I stopped eating for Jesus. We can't do anything in this life for God if it is going to be about us and how great and wonderful we are. Mountains move, lives get saved, transformation occurs through the power of God, and it can take place through us, through humility. We can only be a part of this mission through humility. And our verse of the week I want to leave you all with is Psalms 51, Psalm chapter 51, verse 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O oh God, you will not despair. A broken spirit. That is how spiritual formation occurs. Because we cannot abide in the vine if we cannot humbly say, I need to abide in the vine. We cannot go to God and say, I want the blesser more than the blessing if we're not willing to say, my needs are, aren't as important. And we can't come to prayer having a moment with God, bowing at his feet without Humility without a broken spirit. And it's from this broken spirit that transformation can occur. That Jesus 
will abide in us and he and us in him and we will see change happen. Hey, if you liked that episode, thanks. Uh, hopefully it was way less controversial than last episode if you listened to that one. Um, but thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Please subscribe and leave a review on whatever podcast channel you are listening to right now. Currently, we are on Anchor Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, uh, Podcast, Pocket Cast, Pocket Cast. I'm pretty sure I'm on Pocket Cast. And there's one more, and I forgot to write it down. Uh, I should be, any day now, we'll be on Google Podcasts. And I'm sorry, all you people who prefer Apple Podcasts, that's like the last rung to get on. So someday we'll be on Apple Podcasts, but hey, I'm already on Spotify. And for some people that might not be a big deal, but hey, I'm on Spotify. That's pretty cool. Uh, But yeah, please leave us a review on any of those and be the algorithm in the world and tell people how much you enjoy this show and how you look forward to it every Saturday morning. Yeah. Um, if you want to, if you want to follow the show and get updates throughout the week, you can follow me on Twitter at my underscore seminary life, my underscore seminary life, the M S N L are all capitalized by the way. And I'm wearing a great pair of aviators in the profile picture, just so that way you can figure out which one is me. Uh, I give updates throughout the week on the, on my Twitter page uh, updates on the verse of the week, thoughts I'm having, and also, you know, while I'm watching cartoons, I might tweet something out about how funny Adventure Time is. I just started Adventure Time on HBO Max, and it's been great. Um, and I think that is it for now. I am not sure what we're doing these next couple of weeks. <laughs> okay, so I have a syllabus, right? But... Uh, each, so I got the syllabus like a week before the class started and then maybe a day or two into the class, the professor re-released a new syllabus. It was like Snyder cut, but with a syllabus and said, I've made things easier for you and shifted some stuff around. Now I'm not mad that things are easier. Don't get me wrong. I'll always take easier classes, but I had already gone through the previous syllabus and scheduled out, mapped out what we were going to talk about in each episode, which is why we're talking about week three of the prayer journals rather than week four, because there was something else that was supposed to happen next week. But then in this revised version, everything got bumped around a bit. So I'm not quite sure what we're going to talk about these next two weeks. It's going to be as much as a surprise for me as it will be for you. Uh, But I think it's in... It's either in two or three weeks. We will have another book discussion, and I'm looking forward to that one. Um, But I think that is it. Thanks for sticking around. Please come back next time. Be excellent to each other, and party on, dudes.